Welcome to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm your host, Talia, aka your dating app partner in crime. If you're new to the show, welcome. On Dating Intentionally, I'm helping you create meaningful connections in a way that truly aligns with your goals and values while having a great time. Dating can be fun. Don't believe me? Keep listening because this episode is all about having meetings with your partner. And what's more fun than meetings? But for real, today we're going to talk about relationship check-ins. I'm so excited, as you can probably hear. This one is for the relationship and communication nerds out there. If you're listening to this, that's probably you. Just own it. It's okay. I'm a nerd too. First, I'm going to talk about what a relationship check-in is, how to bring them up, and what it looks like to do them on a regular basis. I'll also share my favorite format for check-ins and what to do if your partner isn't into the idea. At the end, I'm answering a listener question about dating when you've never been in a relationship before. So let's do it. So what is a relationship check-in? This is going to be a brief meeting you have on a regular basis with your partner to talk about their relationship. Think of it as relationship maintenance. These conversations typically include topics like what's working, what's not working, and what you need from your partner. And there are a bunch of different ways to do them, and we'll get into that in a bit. So what's the point? Well, what I love about relationship check-ins is that they're kind of preventative and they provide structure if you struggle with bringing things up in the first place. Relationship check-ins don't replace conversations that need to happen in the moment. If your partner does something upsetting or you want to show them appreciation, you don't have to wait for a check-in to do it. If your partner is driving you nuts for some reason or they said something hurtful, tell them in the moment. You can always revisit it in the check-in and process any other ruptures that you've had. I think check-ins are especially great if you're too busy to connect. This is a conversation where you're connected. You're not on your phones. There's no distractions. You're just focusing on each other and working on the relationship. So as you might know, I'm an entrepreneur. And in business, there's this quote about how you you shouldn't always be working in your business, but you need to be working on your business. Working in your business is like the day-to-day operations that keep it running but working on the business is what will actually grow it and make it better. So that's the equivalent here with relationships. You're working on the relationship with these check-ins. And you know what? That's really hard to do when you have errands, appointments, weekend plans, and yoga, and the kids, and the dogs, or whatever else you have going on. These check-ins will help prevent things from piling up in your relationship. You're creating space to address them head-on, and work on being better partners for each other. You're also carving out time to make each other feel loved in these conversations. It's not all doom and gloom. Communication can be really hard, and I think that having these relationship check-ins provides this kind of safe structure and venue for the tough conversations. You know, on the other end, giving appreciation and talking about what goes right can be hard to do when you're just doing life. And I think having this time to really focus on what's working will really improve the health of your relationship. So the number one question I get asked about this is how do you bring up a relationship check-in? How do you bring this idea up to your partner? I would present the idea of a relationship check-in or check-up as something to try once with your partner, especially if you think they're not going to be really into it at first. Treat it like an experiment. It lowers the stakes. You're not doing this forever. You're just going to try it once and see what happens, and you can always adjust it. You can say something like, hey, I listened to this really great podcast about dating and relationships, and the host had a whole episode about relationship check-ins. Would you be open to trying that with me? And then 
When they start asking you questions about it, which hopefully they do, you'll be ready with the answers thanks to this episode. Don't present it as this big, scary thing. It can be a 15, 20-minute conversation that's really beneficial to your relationship. And make sure that your partner is aware that it's not just to talk about negative things or things that are going wrong. It's not going to be like a, you know, a session of criticism. That's not what it is at all. Make sure they understand that you're taking a temperature on where you're at in the relationship and it helps to know where you stand. It helps to know where things are at. There's really only upside to this. I personally can't think of any downside to having regular check-ins with a partner. Another thing that comes up a lot is how often do you do relationship check-ins? This is really up to you. GB and I do a check-in once a month on a weekend and it's in our shared calendar with an agenda and everything because, you know, type A. We don't live together yet, and that cadence feels right for us. I think when we move in together, I'd want to do it every week or every other week. If a couple has kids or super hectic jobs, I can totally see how this makes sense to do weekly, since connecting in general would be a lot harder. GB and I don't have a lot going on, and nothing really gets in the way of us connecting and spending quality time together, which is super fortunate. We are very lucky, and we don't take that for granted. The beauty of this is that you can adjust the cadence as needed. Try it weekly for a while, then try it monthly. Make changes as you go. You know, you can have a check-in about your check-in. I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. I would probably say quarterly doesn't seem effective. You know, quarterly meetings could be maybe you would talk about your budget or like other types of things that you don't need to talk about all the time, but your relationship is like something you are dealing with in some shape or form every single day that you're with your partner, you are relating and interacting and, you know, showing each other love and appreciation hopefully every day and maybe dealing with conflict like on a small scale every day. So it makes more sense to have these frequently. I would say monthly is like the slowest cadence I would go with and weekly would be the most frequent cadence. So where and how do relationship check-ins go down? Again, up to you, which, you know, sorry, I'm sounding like a broken record over here, but this is very dependent on on you and your partner. I've heard people have success doing this when they're on a walk or doing an activity together that allows for talking, like having a picnic, getting coffee or dessert, just anything that allows you to be present and focus on each other and have a conversation. You're not going to have a relationship check-in when you're in a crowded bar or in a movie theater. Most of the time, GB and I have done this while we are on his couch with Negronis in hand. He makes a really good Negroni, which I certainly got hooked on after our Italy trip in November. A sit down on the couch might feel too serious for some, but it works for us. We're all cuddled up with my dog Coconut and enjoying our drinks while we do our check-in. Most recently, we did it at a beer shop And that was great too. It's not a very loud bar or anything. And it was just a lazy afternoon. We haven't memorized the questions. So our phones are out just to reference them. But generally, this is a no phone focused conversation. So any environment that allows you to have that will be ideal for a relationship check-in. Another question that comes up a lot. When do you start doing relationship check-ins? GB and I started doing them after our Italy trip, so that was about four or five months into the relationship. I brought the idea to him earlier on than that, but I didn't feel the need to do a check-in at the three-month mark. Everyone's experience is different, but I think earlier on, it's more honeymoon vibes and less let's work on our relationship vibes. 
even though we were saying I love you by around three months, our relationship didn't feel like it needed these regular tune-ups and check-ins. When you start is up to you. I think it's cool to start six weeks in if that's your vibe. It depends on you and the and your partner. You know, GV wasn't familiar with the idea at all. And doing this practice has been on my radar for a while. I think starting earlier would have been easier if he was more familiar with the concept coming into the relationship. And if you've been together for a while, it is never too late to start. In my last relationship, which was six years, I brought it up to my ex about four years in. He didn't want to do them. He was really opposed to any kind of conversation like this. And I knew in my next relationship, I would prioritize it. And I did. Of course, after we broke up, my ex and I, we had met up a few times and he did tell me that he's going to do relationship check-ins in his next relationship. What can I say? We leave them better than we found them, right? So that brings me to the next one. What do you do if your partner doesn't want to do check-ins? Looking back on my experience, I think I could have done a better job explaining to my ex why it's important. I think he was scared that the relationship check-in was going to be a scary conversation where we talk about what's wrong. But in reality, you're talking more about what's going right and sharing more what you need from one another. And it's really positive. I would tell your partner why it's so important to you and how it will improve the relationship, bring you closer, and make your bond stronger. Show them the questions and the structure you have in mind and tell them you're open to tweaking the questions to fit the culture of your relationship better. Wow, look at me using so many business terms in this podcast. Company culture, relationship culture, whatever. Ask them why they're not into it. Try to get their perspective and work on it from there. I know for me at this point in life, if my partner wasn't into doing relationship check-ins, that's a deal breaker. Doing relationship check-ins ties into my need of being with someone who's open to self-improvement and improving their relationships. If push comes to shove, you need to decide for yourself if that's a deal breaker for you as well if your partner is super opposed to this and you believe it would be beneficial. I do want to touch on here what GB thinks about relationship check-ins because I've been sharing my opinion and he wanted to share his input as well. Well, He offered it to me and I am choosing to put it in this podcast. As I said, GB and I have been doing these for a few months now and he said he enjoys them even though he finds them a little stressful. He said he does them more because I want to and that's okay. You know, He's very much in the camp of bringing things up as they come up, which we both absolutely do. He has a point, though. When we do them, they're pretty light. We don't have any major conflicts to address, and I wouldn't say we have zero conflicts, but he told me he he can see how they'd be more useful if we spent less quality time together or when we live together and there's more to argue about. He sees us doing them now as a practice you know, to build the muscle, and I agree, though I enjoy them a lot. I'm just appreciative that he's he shows up for me each time with an open heart and an open mind. And for someone who says it isn't his thing, he's pretty good at doing these check-ins. Okay, so I want to share a little bit more about my favorite structure for check-ins. It is the one that I use in my relationship. It's called the State of the Union Meeting, and it's from the Gottman Institute. So if you want to Google this, Google Gottman, that's G-O-T-T-M-A-N, State of the Union meeting, and you'll find these questions. So this relationship check-in involves four key topics. First, you and your partner take turns sharing five appreciations. So you share what you appreciated that your partner did in the last week or month or whatever you're doing, and then they're going to share what they appreciated that you did in the last week or month or whatever you're doing. Who doesn't love appreciation? 
I love starting with this because it just puts you in a loving, connected mood. I'm also really surprised at what GB says he appreciates that I do. It's fun to learn what's meaningful to him. The second thing you talk about is what went right in the past week or whatever time frame you're using. GB and I usually do one or two things each. Again, I'm surprised at what he says usually. To me, it's a cue to keep doing what's working. So again, two positive things so far. The third one is talking about an issue or any regrettable incidents. So you bring up something to address that's more of a conflict or a struggle in the relationship, and you can each bring up one. This could be feeling overwhelmed with housework and you feel like your partner isn't stepping up, or maybe you feel like your partner hasn't planned a date in a while. Maybe there's something sex-related you need to address. It can really be anything on your mind. When you get to this part, try this phrasing. You can say, I feel emotion about the situation and I need blank. So that could be like, I feel lonely when you come home from work and need to decompress on your own. And I need a big hug when you get home and a general time frame of when I can expect to spend quality time with you after you decompress. So you've got lonely, the emotion, the situation, decompressing by yourself and what you need, which is a big hug and setting expectations. So you can see that is a not critical, not accusing way of describing something that you are being challenged with in your relationship. And you are also giving your partner a step forward. And you are telling them not just the problem, but also what they can do to help. We want to talk about the problems, but you don't want to spin our wheels and just keep talking about the problems. We also want to talk about solutions and how to meet each other's needs. So the last one of the four is talking about how you and your partner can support each other in the coming week. The question is on this official thing from the Gottman Institute is, what can I do this week to make you feel more loved? I think here it's really easy to fall into the trap of delegating a task like helping with laundry or doing an errand, but really try to focus on what will make you feel loved, not just something that that's like a favor they can do, but what will actually make you feel seen, heard, understood, appreciated, loved by your partner. Keep it actionable. I want to just take a quick tangent here about asking your partner for what you need. Because when I bring this up on Instagram, sometimes people will say, well, isn't this spoon feeding my partner? Like they should just know. No, they shouldn't just know. Asking for what you need in a relationship is part of emotional availability and maturity relationships enhance our lives. They don't make our lives harder. So, you know, you want your partner to put in effort and they will, but figuring out your needs shouldn't be part of that effort. You, it's on you to communicate what you need and it's on them to step up and do what they can to meet your needs. That's where the effort comes in. Would you rather never be happy because your partner can't get it right because you're not telling them how to get it right Or would you rather them just get it right because you showed them how? Obviously, the second one. By the way, I have a post on my Instagram account. It is pinned to the top. You can find me on Instagram at dating.intentionally. And it's a green post. And it talks about different ways to have relationship check-ins. There are three more ways in that post to try. So if you don't like this Gottman State of the Union structure I just talked about, there are many, many, many other ones you can try. Really, any set of questions that you use repetitively to talk about the positive aspects of your relationship, as well as challenges to work on, will be helpful. You can adjust the questions to your relationship, like I said earlier. 
I actually added a question to our check-in process, which is what was your favorite date this month? GB and I have some awesome dates together and I love to hear what his favorites are and compare them with mine. It's been fun to hear where we have and haven't lined up on this. And it, for me, it tells me what to keep doing, what kind of dates he likes that I should keep planning because I love planning dates too. The Gottman Institute resource for this highlights how important it is to discuss this with awareness, tolerance, understanding, and empathy. They also stress the importance of listening non-defensively and turning towards your partner and their needs. Ideally, your partner does the same. No matter what method you go with, attunement is crucial and so great to practice. I also want to say that this is just one way to maintain your relationship. It is absolutely not the only way. Give it a try, treat it like an experiment, and see if it works for you. I also want to say, if you're single and you are not in a relationship and you listen to this podcast, thank you. This is something that you could bring up with someone you're dating maybe after you are exclusive with them and you are hopefully talking about what kind of relationship you want. You know, that's when this came up for me. It was like when I was talking about what kind of relationship I want to have and I wanted it to include check-ins. I know I brought this idea up super early and I told GB that I wasn't interested in having them right away or anything. So I think that kind of made him relax uh, and not worry about it so much. But I did bring it up early. I did want him to understand that this is something I take really seriously and it means a lot to me. And clearly he has shown me that he understands that because he does it and he's open to it and he's he shows up even though it's not necessarily his first choice or his ideal way to maintain our relationship. So that's my note. If you're single listening to this, thank you. I want to switch gears here and address a question that's been coming up a lot. The question is, how do you navigate having limited relationship experience and it not coming off as a red flag? I want to remind you right now, if you're single and listening to this, you are dateable. Whether you've been in 100 relationships or zero, you are dateable, you are desirable. That is not a red flag at all. Let's put this in perspective. Just because someone's been in a few relationships does not mean they're going to be a good partner at all. And just because someone has been in no relationships doesn't mean they're going to be a bad partner. You're going to experience highs and lows in relationships either way. You're going to make mistakes either way. And if someone someone doesn't want to date you because you've never been in a relationship, they weren't the right person for you anyway. Good riddance. As someone who has gone out with a lot of people, this never scared me away. And I did go out with a few guys who had never had a serious girlfriend. If anything, they treated me a little better on those dates and the ones who were more quote unquote experienced. I get the anxiety around this. If you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond, and you've never had a committed relationship, a lot of it can feel like a black hole from the outside. It's like reading about how to ride a bike and not actually doing it and experiencing the feeling. And also feeling like you're behind in some way, which you are not. It is not a race. It's not a competition. Just because someone's been in a relationship doesn't mean they were happy in that relationship either. So try not to compare yourself. When you're dating, and if this this situation applies to you, Bring this up when the topic of past relationships come up. You don't need to like preemptively be like, by the way, I've never been in a relationship, like just a heads up before your first date. Bring it up when past relationship comes up because that is a topic that will naturally and hopefully come up on dates one to three. It's normal to share an overview of your relationship history. You don't need to go 
deep, but it's normal to just brush the topic. When it's your turn to share, be honest. Maybe it wasn't a priority for you. Maybe you had a few crushes or dates that never panned out. Either way, it's not the worst thing in the world and it's not that weird. Trust me, this question comes up so often and that's why I'm addressing it. It's okay to be self-conscious. It's totally valid. Try to not see it as a red flag because it's not. It's just part of your story right now and it's totally neutral. You're doing great. Once again, I'm Talia and this has been Dating Intentionally. I hope this episode inspires you to get out of your comfort zone and try doing a relationship check-in. Thank you so much for listening. I would love for you to say hi to me on Instagram at dating.intentionally. You can DM me with your feedback. Also, if you like this episode, go ahead, leave a review, rate, subscribe. Your feedback means a ton to me and helps me make this podcast as helpful as possible. I'll catch you next time.